Phantomaniacs, welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I hope that the holiday season is treating you well. This week is absolute insanity uh, for me. So, obviously, we're, we're, we're up against the wall, folks. We are two weeks away from Christmas Day. Now, just because I'm going to be at work the 23rd, the 24th, the 25th, the 26th, and the 27th for 12-hour shifts doesn't mean uh, that I can just shrug off Christmas this year. Still a lot of preparation going on. I'm feeling pretty good, though. Uh, I've got, I believe, I've got everything I need uh, for the family, for myself, for whatever. Um, But this week at my day job, this project came up that... It's important for me to be a part of because it's going to determine a lot of the future of this job. And I plan to be here uh, until I have enough money to not have to be here anymore. So this is something that I felt I needed to take part in and really invest in. And it changed up my work schedule, uh, not quite last minute, but definitely like last hour. So I'm working a very, very different schedule this week than what I usually do. It's better but it is taking more of my time up in a way. So Monday, you know, normally I have Monday and Tuesday off every single week. That's just my rotating schedule now. Excuse me, I'm hydrating because I just did a great DDP yoga workout. I feel very, very tired, but I feel great. I figured I better hit this now while I've got the energy for it. Um, and, and I'll get to why I'm telling you about this work situation in a minute. Uh, but anyway, I'm working Monday through Friday this week, not 12-hour shifts like I normally would be, but still going to hit like 50 hours. Um, so it's just, it's it's weird. And normally, I you know, I switch to recording the podcasts on Monday nights because I have Monday and Tuesday off. It gives me plenty of time. I don't have to worry about getting up the next day, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. Well, this week... I had already scheduled this big episode to happen. Well, actually, the next three episodes are all big. So there was no shuffling around to be done. Uh, It was a matter of this is going to happen, and you're going to figure out the timing. So this week's episode, uh, if you remember, back just a few weeks ago, we recorded Dead Man's Playlist, the first ever Needless Things podcast Halloween playlist. We had a blast doing it. Uh, I did something definitely different for the show or definitely different from anything I've been doing in the last couple of years uh, and included snippets of all of the songs that were selected, uh, like, you know, a lot of podcasts do this, but we did it in our own inimitable fashion. And this week, we did the same thing except for Christmas. So today's episode is the first ever official Needless Things podcast Christmas playlist I haven't even come up with a name for it yet, like Dead Man's Playlist. Uh, I will do that once I'm done talking to you guys. But it's it's uh, a labor-intensive episode because we have uh, all of the guests on. They all make their picks, and it takes a lot more editing than a normal episode takes. And I've got to track down 
the songs that were selected that I don't already own, which there were a few more this time, which is why I love doing these, because even though I've been collecting Christmas music basically my whole life, we get in a nice variety of guests or panelists or whatever you want to call them, and we get new stuff that I, I haven't heard, or maybe it's stuff I have heard, but I just haven't added to my collection yet for one reason or another, and now I have an excuse to. So I just sat down, got all of the songs that I didn't already have. A couple of them were pretty challenging, too. You can't just go onto Amazon and download them, and uh, I'm not using LimeWire anymore. I don't know about you guys. Uh, or was it, Frost, was it FrostWire or LimeWire first? It was FrostWire most recently, uh, like when it switched over, not that I endorse any such things, uh, no illegal activities will be endorsed here on the needless things podcast. Uh, but anyway, got all the songs. I'm doing the intro. Uh, we've, we've obviously recorded it Monday night. Uh, next week I am off and, and I do get a nice stretch of days off prior to going back to work on the 23rd, so at least there's that. I get to spend that time with my family. I'll, I'll get all of my Christmas cheer in then. It just really is frustrating to have to work on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day when those days with family mean so much to me. But we're going to make the best of it, because that's what we do, especially here in the year 2020. We're making the best of it is literally all we have. Uh, so, anyway, got the songs busy week, going crazy, had to get up at 3.30 Monday morning, go to work, uh, and then record, and then get up 3.30 Tuesday morning, go to work. I've, I've gotten up at 3.30 uh, every day this week, but again, not working the 12-hour shifts that I normally work, but doing a very different kind of work that, uh, you know, it's tiring, especially after doing this work for 15 years now, uh, doing something different for 10, I, I work, I, I'll, you don't care. I know it's it's okay. I Monday through Thursday I work ten hour days, uh, and then today tomorrow for me. But today for you guys, uh, I'm working eight, which will give me my normal forty eight hours. I'm scheduled for fifty, but is, I, I want to hit my forty eight. I'm not working those last two. Sorry, I'm leaving at one o'clock tomorrow. So if for some strange reason my boss is listening to this, one I know he won't care because he's he is a Concerned about doing the work guy, not a concerned about, you, you better work the exact hours that are on that schedule, Mr. Man. Uh, and he knows I'm going to do my job, so it's it's fine. But uh, anyway, I'm really rambling here because this is this week is really just tearing it out of my butt. Um, anyway, I told you about today's episode. I told you about how labor-intensive it is, all the work that I have to do uh, still in front of me at this moment. But even with all that, I do have a couple of things that I'm going to throw out there, normal intro style uh, for you guys. One, today, December the 10th, the Super 7 Battle Android Trooper Super Cyborg from G.I. Joe was in stock from Super 7. I ordered it. I have to have it. I love it. I think it looks awesome. We talked about it on Audible Interlude, a G.I. Joe podcast, and if you have not heard the most recent episode, you should go check it out, because it came out Monday. It's pretty recent. Uh, and I would like to say here that going forward, the Audible Interlude podcast will be recorded the Monday that it comes out, uh, because it has been killing me. It, it feels like the last three or four episodes... Uh, 
big news has happened between, excuse me, very parched. Big news has happened between when we recorded and when the show aired, and it drives me nuts because we, we do it monthly, and I cannot commit to more than a monthly show. I would love to. People ask me. That's the number one uh, communication I get about Audible Interlude is, is please do it more. I can't. I, I simply cannot. Uh, so with it being a monthly show, if we record it in, in advance at all, we're going to miss something. So after the beginning, the starting with the January episode, which is January like fourth or something like that, I think. Um, I I have already mapped out next year's episodes of Needless Things and Audible Interlude. By the way, I was correct. It's January fourth. See, there you go. Uh, we will be recording that episode on January fourth, and it will come out as soon as I have been able to put it together and produce it. Uh, so so by midnight on the fourth is my plan. Uh, so there's that. That is a big development. Um, it is possible the Needless Things podcast will be doing the same thing, but we'll, I'll, I'll discuss that more uh, probably on ep episode 350, which is just a few episodes away now. Uh, so anyway, uh, the Super 7 Cyborg Bat, Super Cyborg Bat, uh, in stock at Super 7. Let me see if it still is. I'll, I'll go check for you guys to see. Even though this will be a day in the past for you, or more if you're not... Uh, super up to speed on your needless things, but uh, I'll, I'll take a look and see. I bet it is. I I, th I think there were mixed reactions to this thing. I adore it. I think it looks beautiful, and especially oh my gosh, you guys! I didn't even look at the pictures on the website when I ordered it. I just popped on and ordered as fast as I could. I'm looking at the box right now. The box is gorgeous. Uh, I'm looking at the figure with the removable chest removed. And it's, this thing is incredible. It is still in stock. Uh, some people balked at the $75 price tag for an 11-inch figure, but you guys, this is a like almost a designer toy. This is a collector's item. This isn't just like, like you're not going to walk into Walmart and get one of those shampoo dispenser Marvel figures. Like, that's not what this is. This is not a $10 action figure. This is a $75 collector's item. Look at it that way. So I ordered that. That I might have a review up on the Needless Things YouTube channel before the end of the year. We'll see what happens with shipping. Uh, I went FedEx instead of USPS, even though, in theory, priority mail should be faster. USPS has been a disaster lately, and I can't get into why without discussing things that we don't discuss here on the Needless Things podcast. So uh, hit up Google. Look up uh, USPS slow or problems or... Perhaps you'd like to look up USPS No Overtime, and that might take you a little quicker to why we're having so many problems with our mail getting delivered. Uh, anyway, that uh, G.I. Joe Super Cyborg Cobra Bat, phenomenal. I'm so excited to get this thing, and I will be opening it and and doing the video review. Like, there, there's not going to be... I, I'm going to open the packing case, like, on YouTube, because I want full reactions on this thing. Uh, anyway, so that's awesome. Uh, what else is coming out? Uh, to, it'll be too late by the time you hear this, but the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast is doing buddies. If you remember the large, plush, like, WWF pillows, I guess, but they were, like, shaped like characters. They almost look like pillow, big pillow versions of the Hasbro figures. 
Uh, they're they're like 18 inches high, maybe 18 to 24 inches. They're they're big. Uh, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast, which I love, is releasing buddies, and I think it's. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's the coolest thing they've done so far. So far, they've got a lot more incredible stuff on the way, but I, I just want to mention that because I think it's so cool. I think it's awesome that these guys, who I have admired for a very long time now, particularly Matt Cardona, who has, I think, the best work ethic of like anybody uh, that I follow. I think it's so awesome that, you know, early in this year, they were hit by being released from their dream jobs. And they have not only recovered, but thrived. And, and not, you know, not just losing your job, but losing your job in the environment that we're in right now. These guys have worked their asses off and have created something unbelievable with that podcast. Uh, and, and I just think it's awesome. And the fact that they're releasing these, uh, th these plush buddies of themselves in this legendary toy format it is just awesome. And I'm, I'm going to get them if I can. They're pretty limited and you got to be Johnny on the spot, I think, uh, to grab them. But I'm going to do my best because I, I, I feel like these are a little piece of, of history of wrestling history, of podcasting history, of entertainment history. Uh, I just think that's really cool. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, uh, sh shipping this week from NECA. I, I think they've got more in stock now. The ultimate ghost face figure, which is not Christmassy at all, but I just I have to have it. Uh, it's, it's got alternate faces. It's got soft a soft goods uh, robe and... Normally, I would have bought the retro-style version, but this one has all the interchangeable faces and everything, and since it's got a soft goods robe and not like a plastic one like the McFarlane ghost face had, uh, the, I went for the ultimate version. It's got tons of stuff, but it looks great. It's on the way. Uh, what else is going on this week? The more toy news. Man, my stuff is just breaking. It is, it's been rough lately. I've had to send all kinds of stuff back. Return-wise, I think I told you about the, the Tank Girl Harley Quinn. Uh, the Big Bad Toy Store replaced, no problem. Um, I've had a couple other things that, that I've had to return. Oh, the Hellfire Club box set from Hasbro Pulse. Uh, the the one they sent me first, the box was just jacked. And, like, you guys know, I, I don't care about the boxes, but it, it was unacceptable to me that they had sent me this box in this shape. They replaced that. Now I get, you can watch on the Needless Things YouTube channel, the Holiday Fiend Misfits action figure from NECA. During the review, the damn thing breaks. So go watch that review and witness, like, in real time, my reaction to this damn figure breaking. Uh, that I'm returning and probably getting a replacement. Well, then I grabbed an additional, I've already, <laughs> I've already got a loose Mego creature from the Black Lagoon. I got a carded one just to keep on the card because I've got a collection of men on card creatures. Uh, and then I bought a third one because I wanted to put it in a Santa outfit and opened it up and the right arm was a left arm. Now the right hand was a right hand, but it was plugged into a left arm. So the elbow went backwards. So I got to take that back. Uh, you guys, come on. Come on with the quality control. And speaking of quality control, it is time for me to control the length of this intro, whoops, too late, and get you right 
to what you came for. It is time for the first official Needless Things podcast Christmas playlist. Please sit back, uh, grab some eggnog with a little Evan Williams or uh, Elijah Craig or rum or whatever your preference is, or, or, or just the straight booze if you like, if you're not a fan of the eggnog. And I understand. I won't hold it against you. It's okay. Uh, oh, yeah, I had a McRib today, too. Uh, definitely way off the diet, but I, I feel like I deserved it after the week that I've, I've had. It hasn't been a bad week. It's just been a tiring week. Anyway, now it is time to make it a good week. Please enjoy this fantastic episode, this Christmas Yuletide holiday episode of the Needless Things Podcast. Joining me tonight on this festive occasion are Beth Von Krampus. <laughs> Appropriate. Noel Noel. Hey, happy ho ho holidays. And the Glowmania World Champion, Jingle Bob Berg. I'm stealing that. I think I'm using that from now on. You should. It's great. I'm very proud of that one. I, normally, there's more alliteration, but Jingle Bob like just really made me happy. I kind of like it. <laughs> uh, so uh, if the listeners notice, this is a crew that has been on very recently. Uh, we are the holiday DJs for the season. Last time around, we were picking out the Needless Things Halloween playlist. And now for the first time on this episode, we will be selecting the Needless Things Christmas playlist, which I have yet to come up with a clever name for, but uh, I'll do it. I promise I have to. Uh we are going to share our favorite Christmas songs, put together a compilation of four very different musical tastes uh, that come together to create something that is magically and uniquely needless things. And kicking us off this time, Jingle Bob, what is your first pick? So full disclosure here, I've never been big on Christmas music. That is until 2006 when one of my all-time favorite bands Twisted Sister recorded ah. a heavy metal Christmas album. Yes. I was hooked. <laughs> There's one now, the, the whole album is great. I listen to it every year. There's one song in particular that I feel really gets you in the festive Christmas mood, and that song is this. I have a metal Christmas nitro located to me. Twisted Sisters, Heavy Metal Christmas. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, their, it's their own take on the 12 Days of Christmas. It's one that get, I get a laugh out of it every single year. For anyone who's never heard it, um, would you mind if I do the 12? Oh, please things? do. Absolutely. Um, on my Heavy Metal Christmas, my true love gave to me 12 silver crosses, 11 black mascaras, 10 pairs of platforms, 9 tattered t-shirts, eight pentagrams, seven leather jackets, six cans of hairspray, five skull earrings, 
four quarts of jack, three studded belts, two pairs of spandex pants, and a tattoo of Ozzy. <laughs> and I that like that you've got Christmas. you've got the appropriate accent to go along with that rendition as well. <laughs> I appreciate the authenticity here. <laughs> to my ears, it's music. So I'm guessing you guys have all heard this song. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Yes, I, I love this album, start to finish. The album, right? Isn't fantastic. it a great album? It's just a good album, especially like I said, someone like me. Like I've never been that big into into a lot of the Chris, especially a lot of the traditional Christmas music. I love how in this album they take those traditional songs and they they make them their own. Especially like um, what is it? Oh, come all you faithful to the beat of we're not going to take it. That was Incredible. almost on my list, but that I decided on, to go for that, all originals. That is on my <laughs> list. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's such a great take on the song. It really is. It's but it's like while they put this heavy metal spin on it, they stay. Um, respectful, traditional, and faithful to all the songs. And they never get overly cheesy. Like, there's no, like, Rudolph or anything like that. It's just, like, good, like, fun, classic Christmas songs. And as I said before, I've never been big on Christmas music, but that album really gets me in the Christmas spirit. You well, can and- tell that Dee Snyder is just totally in on the joke and is just having so much fun doing it. Yeah. And it's, oh, yeah. it comes across as just so authentic the whole the whole time. It's very tongue in cheek. He knows how ridiculous it is that they're playing these big versions of traditional Christmas songs. Uh, but at the same time, like you said, it's very respectful. It's not mocking the holiday, which is where I think they hit the magic of it's a lot of fun and they're self aware, but they're not being jerks about it. And I think that's what makes the whole album so great. I had the privilege of. Um... The year this album came out, 2006, they played at a club in Jersey called Starland Ballroom. And they did. It was a a very twisted Christmas. It was live. Um, There's a DVD of it. And they just most of the concert is all the Christmas songs from from the album with a couple of their songs like peppered in. But it's mostly all the Christmas songs. And the show kicks off with um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. But he comes out in a full Santa costume, but with like the D Snyder makeup on and everything. It's yeah. it is so over the top and ridiculous. And then they ended up later taking it to Vegas and turned it into a big production where like he would come out on a sleigh and midgets dressed up as Kiss would like pull him out as like reindeer and stuff. But <laughs> but again, like they've nice. always like they at least made like a Christmas album and a Christmas show for maybe people who've always been kind of left out because they don't exactly want to go see like a choir or right. something. Yeah. Fantastic choice. Thank you. It's always where I've loved this. It's like, I felt like it was finally Christmas music for me. <laughs> Great way to open the show. Fantastic song. Excellent album for any of the listeners. If you don't have a twisted Christmas, not to be confused with Bob Rivers, twisted Christmas, which is also fun. <laughs> a uh, whole different product. Altogether. Oh yeah. Completely <laughs> yeah. different. Uh, th- <laughs> this is one that I think anybody can enjoy. Uh, like even even my dad, who's very stodgy and serious, gets it. So. Yeah, the first the first time the first time I ever heard uh, "Oh Come All You Faithful" by them, it starts off and you're like, okay, I kind of get here. And okay, they're 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 doing "We're Not Gonna Take It," which is obviously their biggest hit. Um, to the doing the, to that tune, and you're like, okay, it's it's a little subtle for the most part. And then by the time they get to the the guitar solo. They're just doing the guitar solo for we're not going to take it. <laughs> and you're rocking like, out to it. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You are completely in on this joke, and I'm loving every single second of it. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, all right. Next up, 
Beth, what is your first Yuletide selection? I also will shock everyone by admitting that I don't really like Christmas music. <gasps> I know. Uh, it is not, as you would assume, the 20 years of retail that have crushed my spirit. It is the fact that when we were kids, my brother and I had to go to my grandparents' house every year, and they played non-stop Christmas music, and it was that old Bing Crosby shit. Oh, it's and- heaven. <sighs> hey, thank God it wasn't Mariah Carey at that time, at least. <sighs> I like that, too. <laughs> <laughs> Oof, we're we're, we're going to have right. conflict here tonight, I can tell. After my soul was crushed by that kind of music, oh. then my soul was crushed by the 20 years of being in retail and having to listen to Mariah Carey. So I picked all non-traditional songs, and I'm going to start with one of my very favorite songs of all time, but also my very favorite Christmas song, which is... We're gonna have a good life. We're gonna have a good life. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna have a good life. We're gonna have a good life. Yeah, yeah. It's a Wonderful Life, Gonna Have a Good Time by Fishbone. Yes. <laughs> it is my favorite pick. Fishbone song. It is also my favorite Christmas song. I don't I don't want to get booted off of here, but I don't like the movie It's a Wonderful Life. I've never I seen love, it. I love this song. <laughs> because it is basically it's the plot to It's a Wonderful Life, but it's fun because it's Fishbone and because they make it more fun than Jimmy Stewart makes things. And I, I've i always been a sucker for ska. I've always been a big Fishbone fan. I think as we discussed last time, you throw in some horns, I'm there. So fantastic song, super upbeat, way more upbeat than anything you can watch on TV at Christmas time. Please watch all your Hallmark Channel movies if that makes you happy. But Listen to some music and listen to some non-traditional Christmas music like Fishbone once in a while. It's a great EP, and uh, I think my favorite thing from that EP is uh, Slick Nick, You Devil You, which is my favorite dirty Santa Claus story uh, ever. So yeah, Fishbone does up Christmas in a wonderful way. Terry actually said I needed to go as quickly as possible because he thought you might pick Slick Nick. Slick Nick was on my short list, um, but yeah. (laughs) Either one of those is fantastic. So that's that's kind of what I was what I said a few minutes ago too. It's like that's another one where it's it's Christmas music for people like us who might not necessarily be into like the traditional like jingle bells. Absolutely, because I can't take that Mariah Carey crap. I can't take the the jingle bells. I I can't take any of that blue Christmas nonsense. But I could listen to It's a Wonderful Life over and over and over again. Well, excellent. I like uh, a little outside-the-box choice. That's what makes this interesting. Uh, Noel, what is your first selection? Well, I'm going to go with something that's not a traditional Christmas song, but it is one that really hits you in the feels. Uh, So my first selection... Eve. You promised 
1987, this is not only one of my favorite Christmas songs, this is one of my favorite songs uh, all together as well. And I can't hear this song without getting a little bit weepy. Uh, this is uh, The Pogues featuring Kirsty McCall, Fairy Tale of New York, which is a wonderful, masterful story about a an old Irish immigrant who uh, wakes up in the drunk take on Christmas Eve. Uh, he's recounting stories of his life and having a, a conversation with his with his wife of many years, who is, uh, of course, you know, she's she's old and haggard, and he's old and haggard, and they're fighting, and it's you know, it's a wonderful tale of of a lifetime of of love and strife. Um, and while this is not a song that you hear a lot on traditional radio here in the U.S., this is the most played Christmas song in the United Kingdom for the entire 21st century. It actually knocked uh, Wham's Last Christmas out of that spot a few years back to hold that. So, um, not again, you, most people here don't know the song, uh, but if, you, if you're over in the UK, if you're across the pond, I'm sure you hear this song as often as we hear Last Christmas or All I Want, is, want For Christmas Is You. I actually had this as an emergency backup pick to bring up just in case, because if we didn't mention this song, Arian probably would have killed all of us. <laughs> uh, this was my number three pick, so yeah, it, I, it was very close up there. And and I don't believe it's entirely fiction, because I find it totally plausible that Shane McGowan spent Christmas in a drunk tank one year. Oh, absolutely. I think it's probably, uh, you know, it's, it's probably autobiographical. Yeah. Um, I guess another reason why they don't play the song a lot on the radio in the U S is because they, they use words like slut and faggot and arse, which, uh, don't get a lot of, uh, uh don't get a lot of love here on us radio. And they even had to, to edit them sometimes when they played it in the UK as well. I feel like 99 X played it every year, but I don't remember if they bleeped it or, I think uh, they kept it when they played it. I mean, they they, I, I they would play so. it on, yeah. But it's also it's it's said with a very thick Irish brogue, so uh. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of slip by you. Like I yeah. didn't, I for for many many years was. It's not that I wasn't a fan of the song. It's just that it just wasn't in my wheelhouse. And then when I really sat down and listened to like what it was and appreciated the change that hits, you know, it starts off slow and then turns into something entirely different. Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's I, a, really it's, grown to appreciate the song. It's probably the most lush song. Cause I listen, I love, I love the Pogues. I listened to their, you know, just about their whole catalog minus some of the more 90s stuff, which I never got into, but this is definitely like the most lush song they ever did. It's really dynamic. It's, it's almost got like a Broadway feel to it with all the big strings and the big instrument instrumentation. So uh, it's, it's a very big song. Um, and, and it's has not, a really com great... not commercial at all. It's, right. it's not a, it's not playing in riches when you go in there. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, another excellent choice. Uh, uh, not on my list, but definitely in my like collection of Christmas music. It's a must hear every year. Uh, all right. Well, you guys, I I'm sorry. I got to do this. I have to do this. You know who I am. You know what I represent. So it should surprise no one that my first pick. All I want for
want for Christmas is you. I'm Mariah Carey. My choice for the single greatest Christmas song of all time. I was not a fan of this song for many, many years. I was in the boat of, oh, it's poppy crap. Uh, But I was also under the impression that it was a cover because it is such a perfect, faithful recreation of a Motown sounding Christmas song that I just always assumed she was covering somebody else's song. And that's not the case at all. Uh, Written by Mariah Carey and Walter Afensieff, known as Baby Love in the the, uh, 80s. He wrote and produced music for, get ready, Richard Marks, Whitney Houston, Thalia, Lionel Richie, Luther Vandross, George Benson, Destiny's Child, Kenny G, Michael Bolton, Tony Braxton, Andrea Bocelli, Johnny Mathis, Kenny Loggins, Barbara Streisand, Christina Aguilera, Ricky Martin, Leona Lewis, and Adina Menzel. So <laughs> what I'm saying is this guy knows how to write a pop song and write a pop song he did because whatever you think of this, there's no denying it is pure Christmas bubblegum. Uh, it is catchy. It is tonally perfect. It's bright. It's peppy. And it's, it is the perfect Christmas pop song. And like I said, it's, it's ageless. It's not like last Christmas where it's very clearly an eighties song. Uh, I mean, it came out in the nineties, but it's not dated in the nineties. You don't look at this and think of the albums that came out from like Christina Aguilera or the backstreet boys. It doesn't have that feel to it, which by the way, when Mariah Carey's Christmas album was released, that was something that artists at the peak of their careers did not do. Uh, she was told, no, no, this is something you do when you're on the downslide. This is what artists go back and do as a, as a last grab to try and make some cash when they're on the way out. Uh, but she wanted to do this Christmas album, and they decided that it w- they were going to. And so in the wake of this incredibly successful album is where we got all of those other pop artists releasing Christmas albums at the peak of their careers. So this song, you know, what, what, whether you love that stuff or not, there's no denying that this song is a phenomenon that spawned five music videos, five different versions uh, of the music video for this. But the two biggest ones that people probably know are the one that's her home video that she legitimately just shot herself at her home. Uh, and then the one that's a, a throwback, like 60s style music video. But I love this song. I listened to it many, many times at Christmas. Uh, I just, I think it's a fantastic song and it makes me happy. And it, it, it also, the theme of the song is uh, for me, one of the key pieces of Christmas music is when something is emphasizing, uh, you know, not the commercialism, which granted it's a very commercial song, but the, the message of the song is that I don't need all these gifts. I don't need all these presents. I don't care about any of that. I just want you here with me for Christmas. And I think that's awesome. It's a great traditional, you know, pop message. So I, I love this song. I know you guys don't. So go ahead. I want to say the reason why I, I don't, it's, it's, I will agree with you with everything you said about this song. And she did manage to create something that is absolutely timeless. Like you said, it does, it's not a time capsule in any way, shape or form. Um, I, I used to work in retail also. And like Beth said before, it's like when you're in retail, you're stuck with that 
that absolute hell of hearing Christmas music. Yeah. Um, I used to work at Christmas tree shops. I don't know if you guys have those where you are. And we, so- we have like parking lots where people go to get Christmas trees, but we've got oh, a no, of- no, 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 that's not what it is. So it, it's a store. It's owned by Bed Bath & Beyond. Um, it's a store called Christmas Tree Shops. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. There's one in Augusta, I think. It's like a giant Christmas, like... <sighs> well, you go ahead and describe it. I think I know what you're talking it's, about. It's kind of like, uh, not exactly like a Walmart or a Target. They get a lot of clothes out. Kind of like, like a Big Lots or an Ollie's. Um, not sure what else you guys would know um, Like where, from where you are. But it's 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 a pretty popular store. It started back in I want to say the fifties or the sixties, as exclusively for Christmas. But it got more and more popular. So the guy who owned this one location would keep it open longer and longer and longer. And then it just turned into like a seasonal store. So it's like, but they have like I want to say seventy five percent of the store is just normal everyday items, and then the other quarter is seasonal. They do Halloween. They do summer. They do Christmas and they always have a little section that's always Christmas all year round. Okay. So, so getting, you know, kind of strength from what I was going to say. So working in Christmas tree shop, um, the store that I worked at, I opened the store, the store opened in August and they were already in like Christmas mode. They only played like eight songs. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. <laughs> so imagine in an eight hour shift, how many times I'm going to hear and I, I wish I could remember the full list, but I, I, I know it was that. It was uh, Wilson Phillips' Hey Santa, which makes me want to uh, murder oof. the three of them. <laughs> and Madonna's Santa Baby, which is another one that like, made me absolutely despise Madonna. <laughs> you, That's just, all imagine, terrible. Yeah, right? Like, imagine hearing these songs just at least 12 times a day. Even if you had eight full hours of Christmas music starting it in august that's a lot of christmas even for me i thought you you meant it was some kind of store that was all christmas all year and that is probably where i will end up in hell (laughs) no it's not that bad it's kind of cool too because i live on the jersey shore so a lot of the christmas items they get are shore themed it's it's kind of neat actually like depending on where they are in your area like it varies on the merchandise they get. Like we'll get a lot of like lighthouse type stuff and things like that. Like that's Christmas themed and it sells very well here. I'm surprised you guys don't have one near you at all. Like any of you. There's one in Augusta. We went to a GI Joe convention last year, back when we still had conventions and it was in one of the, like we went to a strip mall. I think it was in in a target shopping center, but it was, it was a big place. It it was was the size of, of like an Ollie's and a half maybe. Yeah, they're they're big stores. Like I said, it's it's a lot of clothes that stuff. So it's like discounted and yeah, yeah. They're if you ever have like if any of you ever have a chance to go see one, it's it's worth your time to go see it. Just don't go during Christmas because you'll hear this song. <laughs> <laughs> any further thoughts about Miss Carrie and her legendary pop phenomenon? I like this song as I as I mentioned earlier. I think it it it, it could be Darlene Love singing this song. It could be yes. Mary Wells singing this song. It's, yes. It is. It's timeless. It's great. It's catchy. It's got a great hook, and um, I've. I know it's in the the soundtrack to what Love Actually, and I've never seen that movie, but uh, you know it, it'll keep it. And apparently, it still charts like every year. This song still uh, yeah. makes like the top ten. I think it was actually a number one single um, again last year, if I'm not mistaken. 
yeah, last year she re-recorded it, the uh, extra festive mix, uh. which is not super <laughs> different from the regular festive mix. But uh, anyway, love this song. But now it is time to move on. Bob, do you want to wash the taste of Mariah out of our mouths? Please oh, do. This is, this is definitely going to do it. So, um, 1999, South Park was at its peak of popularity, and Trey Parker and Matt Stone decided to make a Christmas album that gave us this absolute classic. Dead, 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 someday you'll be dead. Dead, 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 someday we'll all be dead. The minute we're born, we start dying. We die a little more every day. Young or old, rich or poor, there's nothing we can do to stop it. That is Dead, Dead, Dead from Mr. Hankey's Christmas <laughs> Classics. <laughs> if you guys have never heard this song before, please find it on YouTube or anything. Um, it's one that makes me laugh every year. This has got to be the darkest song on the list. If, if anyone has something that's darker than this, I'll be shocked. Like one of the verses... So look long at that Christmas tree. It may be the last one that you see. Decorate your house in green and red because someday you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Song is amazing. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I mean, you have to appreciate like the South Park sense of humor to, to get this. Um, the Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classic CD, a lot of the songs were used on South Park at various times. This one has never made it to air for some reason. I wish it was. They did uh, almost all the songs. I want to say that one was on there too, but they did the the Mr. Hankey's Christmas Classics episode. Yeah, that and was most, essentially most, this. It served as soundtrack as that uh, that episode. Most of the of the CDs on that episode, and then there's one song on that episode not on the CD. Right. That's the song when Jesus Christ and Santa Claus perform Christmas songs in a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite is is Merry Fucking Christmas. That was great. So great. Yeah. Uh, Swiss Colony Beef Log is one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. And and the most uh, with the 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 most blasphemous Christmas song ever uh, <laughs> about yes. you know <laughs> yes yes about how you can still be a virgin, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to uh, end, end. I just want to end end my part of this by just saying that let good tidings fill your head. What a festive season. Someday you'll be dead. <laughs> dead, dead, dead. And that's a message for all the children. <laughs> I think it really is. Yeah, that's that's one. Like, There were so many on that South Park Christmas album that I was like, I should select this, but I can't. It's like picking a favorite child. There's just too many yeah. great songs on that on that album. I had the same problem because my, my favorite Christmas album of all time is Mojo Nixon and the Toad Lickers, Horny Holidays. But there are no songs from it on this because I can't pick one. Like I would have to just say buy that album, which I just said. So I feel better now. There you go. <laughs> like uh, I, I love this whole album so much that like, I have like a Mr. Hanky like figure and every year for Christmas, I take like a new picture with it, but I'll put like a little bit of melted chocolate on my cheek to make it look like I got a kiss from Mr. <laughs> Hanky. Nice. And then my picture is just like the close up of my face and like Mr. <laughs> Hanky next to me. I, I do one every year and it usually gets a good reaction from people. We we've got a uh, Mr. Hanky ornament that always gets a little bit of extra attention going on the tree. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's uh, let's move on. 
uh, Beth, I'm sure you're going to have something to lift our spirits back up. Uh, I feel like I'm stepping on your toes here, Dave, but since you didn't pick it for your first one... Once a year, my friend puts on a red suit and hangs around with me and my wife. Now I can't help but feeling jealous each time she climbs on his knee. I am going to take Santa's beard by They Might Be Giants. Oh, very nice. Good one. Did I take one of yours, Noel? Nope, nope. Okay. Uh, it's one I considered. Um, I love They Might Be Giants, as do... Many of you guys. I don't know about you, Bob, but I know Nolan, Dave. No, I do like them. They're really okay. good. So sorry if I stole anybody's pick, but you had a round to go. <laughs> um, this is not in any way, shape, or form a Christmas song of the traditional variety. It's a song about a guy whose friend comes over dressed like Santa and hangs out with him and his wife and is basically trying to steal his wife. So maybe not the most uplifting thing, but eh, it's, it's upbeat because it's, they might be giants and it's my favorite line. I've always loved is lately. She's been humming, humming, singing Chris. Blah. I don't know why I just messed up my life there lately. She's been humming cheating songs and I don't want that fat guy around. <laughs> This was not on my list, oddly enough, and honestly, it's because it just didn't make it to the top of my brain in time. I love this song. Uh, the Holiday Land EP is essential Christmas listening, uh, I, but this is an awesome song. I mean, this this was, was this off the first album or Lincoln? Lincoln. It's on Lincoln. Lincoln, Okay. Uh, so it's it wasn't it's not like it was originally part of a Christmas album or anything. They just being the weirdos that they are just threw this song about a philandering Santa Claus uh, right in the middle there of a regular old album. Yeah, it's it's one that I, I don't know because it's not a traditional Christmas song and it doesn't have like the kind of Christmas instrumentation that you you think of. It just it's talking about Santa. It's traditional. So, they might be giants instrumentation. Yes, exactly. Um, so I, I always I, I forget about it a lot, but I went back and I looked at like a list that I had made years ago of like my top five hundred Christmas songs before I. Uh, you got to five hundred. Uh, this was yeah, this was a while back, Good but a lot God. of it was just like Jesus. all the different all the different versions of different songs made the list. I'm Excellent shocked choice. and horrified. <laughs> Once again, I, free, I had a like lot of free time in my job in 2005. Well, Noel, it is time for your next pick. All right. So uh, I, this is a, this is one where I also feel like I may be stepping on one of Dave's toes. Um, I've but got nine I could, more. <laughs> I could not uh, do this list without mentioning this song. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. There's music in the air. The sleigh bells are ringing and the carolers are singing while the air raid sirens blare. It's Christmas at Ground Zero. The button has been pressed. The radio just let us know that this is not a test. From 1986... 
This is Weird Al Yankovic's Christmas at Ground Zero that uh, <laughs> had to make my list. And it's not it's not Weird Al's only Christmas song, but it is definitely the superior of his Christmas songs, uh, in my opinion. It's the uh, superior until you've seen him perform The Night Santa Went Crazy live. It's true. Which it's you, true. You, weren't, you were there, right? Yeah, oh, I've seen him perform it several times live. Oh, okay, and okay. That's always great. Um, but musically... Because this song is, uh, going back to like Mariah Carey, um, All I Want for Christmas is You, this song is a parody of the Phil Spector uh, Christmas songs. Yeah. It, it's got that whole wall of sound production. And even though Weird Al singing in his kind of like nasally voice, you could imagine, uh, you know, some Motown girl group singers uh, on this record saying these same lyrics. <clears throat> and it would have a, a great effect. Uh, of course, just like you would expect, it's it's a little dark. It's not uh, a traditional Christmas song lyrically. Um, and apparently the song came about because Scotty Brothers Records had asked Weird Al to do a Christmas album. Um, he didn't know if he could do a whole album. He put out one song and Scotty Brothers was like, maybe that's not what we were wanting. Um, <laughs> well, so Polka Party wasn't what anybody was wanting, apparently, except for th me. That's true. <laughs> it's not, it's, I don't think it's his strongest record, but he does, it has have some, it does have some of his strongest efforts on it. it. Uh, but uh, he actually, Weird Al loved the song so much, he wanted to release it as a single. And Scotty Brothers was like, no, we're not going to release it as a commercial single. Uh, but because like, Weird Al went and made his own music video just using some, uh, some footage that was royalty free of some old like cartoons and stuff. Uh, it wound up getting a lot of popularity. Scotty Brothers later released it as a promotional single. So it did get some, and it still gets some airplay. I'm, obviously, it's not going to get like, you're not going to hear it on Star 94 here in Atlanta. But, you know, Dr. Demento played this song a lot on his christmas uh on his christmas shows and there's so many great lyrics to this song um i think you know one of my favorites is uh when he mentions uh it's christmas at ground zero and if the radiation level's okay i'll go out with you and see all the new mutations on new year's day <laughs> <laughs> that one gets played a lot around here on like a local rock station to me oh, uh great. it's called the rat they do a lot of like like the offbeat ones like that um you ever hear like that one, like the, the 12 things at Christmas that are so annoying or whatever it is. Oh, it's yes. like, that's it's like Bob, they keep that, yelling at each isn't other. Isn't that Bob Rivers? That's, that's Bob Rivers. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Ringing like that, up the like, lights. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It gets played with like that. It gets grouped in with that one. Like those kind of songs a lot, which is perfectly fine. Which is all, I mean, and all that stuff was, if you listen to any of the Dr. Demento Christmas uh, albums or when he did the, the specials on his show, those were songs, uh, Bob Rivers and Weird Al got played a lot on those. That that may not have been the Christmas song that Scotty Brothers thought people wanted, but it, it was a Christmas song that I wanted. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, you guys, my my toes have been threatened <laughs> twice now. So I'm going to turn around and potentially step on, I think, Noel's toes. Uh-oh. Noel, you probably know where I'm going with this. Maybe. You might know where I'm going with this for my next pick. you making fruit cake what you baking fruit cake candy cherries red dye number two green cherries green ones too it's fruit cake 
I'm going to be giving you some fruitcake. Ah, uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't the, know if you were going to do this one or Santa's Disco, because I was like, oh, fruitcake's such a better song. It's, man, it's fruitcake. It's got to be fruitcake. Uh, the Superions <laughs> featuring Fred Schneider uh recorded in 2010 the song's not i mean granted it's 10 years old i think it's it's older than that well that was that's when it was released um i think it came out in like 2008 or 2009 because i had it long before 2010 well that that's where it's notated as having been released now i don't know if maybe it got some radio play or was part of a compilation before it was released by uh with the destination christmas album uh, but whatever the case, I didn't even really discover it until a few years ago. And what a delight it is. Fred Schneider and his signature voice just talking about how great fruitcake is, giving you the recipe for fruitcake. Mace? Green cherries? The stuff they spray in your face? No, silly. The spice for taste. Uh, it, it's just awesome. It's so much fun. I feel like no one but him could get away with that too, with that voice. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. It requires, and really that's, I mean, it's a trademark of the Superions, I think, is their stuff is so over the top. You have to have Fred Schneider singing it. Although like, now that you say that, I'm going to throw it out there right now. If she's listening, Mariah Carey, please do a cover of this. It'd be great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm down with that for sure. As a matter of fact, I, I would go so far as to say, uh, if we could get the fruitcake holiday special on ABC next year and have just the biggest artists in the world come together to perform fruitcake uh, with Fred Schneider, I think and that would truly be a Christmas miracle. While they're performing it, special celebrity guest Guy Fieri can make fruitcake. Yes. <laughs> I, I Blamo. What does he say? I don't know. Flavor Town. Flavor Town. Flavor Fruitcake Town. Sort of a Paul Lind kind of holiday special with Fred Schneider instead of Paul Lind. Oh my god, that's gosh. what I want. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> Absolutely. I guess it was 2000. I'm looking at all the notes. I guess it was 2010. Maybe my memory is, but I feel like I I feel like I heard this long before then. But dude, we're getting we're getting old. You're yeah. an old man. Noel. We but, our our concept of time is is getting really slippery. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but if you have not heard Fruitcake, you can obviously you can hear it in any of the online services. There is also a music video that yes, I highly recommend. <laughs> uh, and, and there's several music videos for that album, and they're all like yeah. super low budget and just wonderful. I don't think uh, they spent more than $12 on, on any of the videos that they shot, <laughs> and they're all the more wonderful for that fact. This is another one where I was like, oh, this whole album's good. And this is probably the standout just because it's such a, a different song. Uh, but like the Santa's Disco is great. Um, if I were like uh, uh, Under the Tree is great. Chilling at Christmas. They're just so many selections off of this. So if you if if liking offbeat, if you like offbeat Christmas stuff, then this is definitely one that everyone should check out the whole the whole record. I think Fruitcake, I think I love it so much because if you if you just let it into your heart and accept it for what it is you'll love it every time you hear it and it'll just make you happy but if you resist you will forever hate this song and everything that it represents <laughs> so it's one of those things where you've either got to just accept the camp or you just don't get to have any fun another thing that's interesting this this Christmas album was the very first release period 
by the Superions. So they didn't have like any music that came out before they released this 10 song Christmas album. What a way to start. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to bring it back around. Bob, what is your third pick? My third pick, I am going to um, take it, take it in a different direction and embrace my childhood, embrace the kid and all of us. Uh, 1987, the Muppet Family Christmas came out and it kicked off with this song. The holly, we're headed home so we can start to celebrate. Fill up the stockings, they may be rushing things, but you can hardly wait That's We Need a Little Christmas, sang by the Muppets, and it is probably one of my absolute favorite things the Muppets have ever done. Hands down. That is I love that entire, list. I yeah. love that entire special. Sorry to steal it from you, Beth. No, it's um, okay. It was lower down. I, I love that entire special. Uh, the kickoff to it is them driving in the truck to Fozzie's mother's house, and that song just really puts a smile on my face every time I hear it. That to me is, is that whole special is Christmas. It's interesting that that one doesn't get as much attention as the John Denver special. And they're, they're very different things from very different eras, but the Muppet family Christmas is the one that people our age. I mean, not necessarily grew up with. Cause I think we all knew, uh, Christmas together, the John Denver one, because that had the album as well. That for, for my family anyway was was every year at Christmas. It was we had it. It was out. Yeah. Uh, but this one, for some reason, it doesn't seem to have landed quite as big. It's no one, well, it's not as well known. It, it's a it's it'll never be released officially. It's a licensing thing. Yeah, right? yeah. It, it's the only special to ever have the Muppets, the Fraggle, Sesame Street all in one and they're all owned by different entities especially at this point in time so you'll never see like a real release of it yeah that's what i was going to say you, you you can't track down a dvd or anything of this because of that um i, I always considered this this is like the muppets multiverse uh, episode yeah. because it yeah. actually yeah. pulls in all of the different muppet properties um but yeah it's de definitely largely forgotten by a lot of younger people which is and i've shown this to quite a few people and everyone i've ever shown it to and it they end smiling um i'm 41 years old and i will admit right now every single year when i watch this and i see jim henson at the end i get choked up every year that actually came up a couple episodes ago we were talking to chad shonk uh of the feet of lunatic daring podcast and uh and well and beth chad is on a podcast with you as well oh yes yes he is uh <laughs> you're pointing at me why uh we are uh on execute chapter 66 together with ryan schweck where we discuss star wars fiction uh but chad also does a muppets podcast or more more accurately a jim henson podcast and that came up the final scene of that special where uh henson is in the kitchen with sprocket from fraggle rock and he says, oh, I like seeing him have fun. Now, come on. Somebody's got to do these dishes. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Uh, just thinking about it right now. I'm, I'm, ah. Yeah, me too. It gets yeah. me every year. But I love We Need a Little Christmas. Um, I'm a big, big fan of that song because when I was in elementary school, I was in the chorus. And 
I was one of the kids who got stuck in chorus. I didn't really want to be there, but that was one of the songs that I actually sang for and didn't just sit there moving my mouth, pretending to sing because I just, I really liked that song a lot for some reason. I don't know. That one always stuck with me. So uh, it being in that special was a big deal too. And, and it's, it's possible. I'm trying to think year wise, this probably would have been before 87. Is that right? 87 it came out yeah i think this was before 87 but i just i'm I'm a big fan of that song and any song being performed by muppets automatically makes it 100 times better agreed i I feel like if i'd been able to listen to songs like this at my family christmas maybe my soul would not have been crushed so much it's possible it's possible (laughs) because i grew up with a pretty good mix so i i I had a i had a broader spectrum which is odd to say but I, i i really did for whatever reason All right, well, uh, Beth, perhaps you can broaden our spectrum even further with your next pick. Okay, so... What, sigh? (laughs) No, I'm trying to decide. So is there going to be a fourth round fast take or not? Because if there is... Yes, there will will be a speed round. All right, then I'm going to save my speed round pick and go with what is almost kind of a traditional song or at least it feels like a tr- traditional song, and that is... Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight. Merry Christmas, I don't want to fight tonight. Oh, where is Sam and And tell me why is it always this way? Where is Rudolph? Where is Blitzen, Merry Christmas, I Don't Want to Fight Tonight by the Ramones. Because as I have gotten older, I have come to feel that the best Ramones songs are their 50s covers. And while this is not a 50s cover, it absolutely sounds like one. And that is why I love it. And it's it's not necessarily that the 50s songs sound more kinder and gentler for the Ramones. It's just I feel like that that vibe fits them better than their punk stuff for me now. I love that song. I think this should be on Christmas playlists. And I have to hear Ramones covers of staples, Christmas staple songs while I'm at work. This does not get on those playlists. <laughs> Instead, I have to hear other crap, which, you know, I used to be safe at work, but now we're being edgy. So we're hearing Cocteau Twins Christmas covers and Bird and the Bee Christmas covers and Ramones covers. This is not a song that we get to hear at work. And so this is why I still like it, because it has not crushed my soul yet at work. Uh, But also, I think it's just a fantastic song. Uh, it is. It's a great song, and it's it's the Ramones doing what the Ramones do best, making something that's bubbly and poppy, but has a sort of melancholy at its core. Like, I don't want to fight tonight. Like this desperate plea: Can we? Can we not fuck this up? Can we just have a nice time? Can you just take your shit and put it on the couch and not think <laughs> about it for one night so we can have a nice Christmas? Like that's. That's and the, the answer song. is no. No, we cannot. Right, right. Damn, exactly. Dave, that came from a that came from a dark place, Dave. Damn. <laughs> I had I had some rough years. <laughs> Just one night. All right. 
Yeah, this is this is a this is a great selection. I um this was one that I had on my list as well. Um, I Sorry, figured no. So, no, no, it's somebody. I figured somebody was definitely going to take this one, so I, I stepped aside and said, "All right, I've got a few others I want to get to first. Um, but yeah, I mean, just the entire Brain Drain album is great, and everything that they were doing around that era for a band that had been around that long was still fantastic. And like, this is one that you actually you actually get to hear this a good bit. Like, I I, I hear this on like rock radio at christmas more often than a lot of the other songs that we've yeah. mentioned here tonight uh because it is it's it and the ramones are super popular now with 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 the kids apparently they sell ramones shirts at target um and old navy yeah yeah so um i think a whole generation yeah of- but that's look we gotta admit starting in like the 90s the ramones were embraced by people younger than us as a sort of pop thing i mean they they when green day hit it big the ramones were still alive they played a 99x big day out i mean it it doesn't get any more i guess mainstreamy edgy than that Mm -hmm. so i mean the ramones have been in, in the greater public awareness for quite some time now it's, in, it's in, not really anything new in fairness i mean they were around in the 70s so by the 90s they right. were oldies they were a nostalgia yeah. act like when i discovered them right <laughs> uh but yeah i mean and and deservedly so though they're great they're fantastic their music is is uh you know they do something as simplistic as it is they do something that nobody else does and they do it better than anybody i mean it's it's and it's very special that they have a Christmas song, just like it's very special that they have a Texas Chainsaw Massacre song. Like it's just <laughs> what what a what a weird, but also like perfectly poppy band. All right, Noel, how do All you right. follow the Ramones? Actually, I think there's nothing that could follow the Ramones better than my next. Uh, in my next selection because my third selection Originally released in 1991, is by a band that is also known as the Osaka Ramones, although most people know them as Shonen Knife uh, here in the United States. Oh, wow. Um, oh, I was considering this one. Uh, and, and Shonen Knife's done a few Christmas songs, but my favorite one is definitely Space Christmas from 1991. Uh, it is the the perfect, uh, like, punk, pop um garage kind of song with with you know with with adorable japanese vocals but it's also they they also in i mean they had a big 60s influence as well so you do still get a little bit of that like kind of girl group vibe on this song as well um the song of course is it's in english um as a lot of their stuff they released here was uh but uh the song is about waiting for santa claus who's riding on a bison sleigh uh they want to get some toys and she really wants a spaceship uh that's not there's not a lot of lyrics but there's a lot of merry merry christmas happy happy christmas merry merry christmas and a happy new year uh it's you cannot hear this song and 
be in a bad mood afterwards. If if you are, if you're in a bad mood after you hear Space Christmas, there is something inherently wrong with you. I've decided. Um, but also, as I mentioned, it ties in because they did a couple of their Christmas songs. They did Sweet Christmas in 2011. Um, it's another good one. But they've also done a cover of Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight as the Osaka Ramones. I have not uh, heard that. Yeah, they've. Um, yeah, they. Of course, they they tour as a Ramones cover band in Japan as well as doing their usual Shonen Knife stuff. So um, if you've never checked out Shonen Knife in general, they're a really fun band. Kurt Cobain said that they were his favorite band when he was still alive. So uh, that, that says something. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this song in particular is probably my favorite thing in their entire Au revoir. I feel like sometime in the early nineties, Shonen Knife showed up on like 120 minutes or one of the MTV shows where they had performances. I don't think 120 minutes really did live performances a whole lot, but I want to say I saw them play this live on something on TV. Cause that, that used you used to get cool stuff like that where like really kind of off the wall bands would pop up on MTV and play like one or two songs. And then that was it. Like it was just this cool thing where, you know, now we really only see that on like late night. Well, people only see it on late night. I don't because late night television is terrible. But <laughs> back in the back in my day, <laughs> we used to get cool stuff on the television. <laughs> anyway, great pick. And you've left me in a tough spot, you guys, because I've got to I've got to throw out the final like long form pick. And I've got a number of choices that I really like, and I'm really I'm not I'm not too sure what to go with because I want to bring it home big, but I also want to be real with it. All right. <laughs> My final long form pick is What's this? Written by Danny Elfman for 1993's The Nightmare Before Christmas. A phenomenal Christmas song. But the rare case where a cover made it even more phenomenal. And the even rarer case where a band I don't like produced a cover even more phenomenal than the original version of the song. Fall Out Boy did a version of What's This uh, as part of the Nightmare uh, Before Christmas 3D release where they released the soundtrack album uh, and it included covers by Marilyn Manson, Fall Out Boy, a bunch of other bands. But this is one of the most perfect covers of a song I've ever heard in my life. Have you guys heard this? No, yeah. I'm shocked and horrified by I it. I actually or have. The theory no, of it. I'd forgotten it was them. It's incredible. Like, I understand whatever you think about Fallout Boy. I'm I'm not a fan, but I'm only not a fan because I don't really they came along like after I was still accepting new music. I don't really know anything <laughs> about them. I just am aware of their image and it doesn't appeal to me. But 
If you have not heard this, you need to hear it because it's incredible. I wanted to like them because of their name, because they have a Simpsons-based name. Sure. Uh, when I heard them, I was unimpressed by much of the new punk kind of stuff that I was yeah, hearing at the time. They, they came along at a time where there was this weird, like, what is it, like emo new wave punk combo? Yeah, it was, it was like it was post new metal. So an emo <laughs> it had kind of started to. So there was still some of that new metal element in a lot of those punk bands that were coming out, but they were also playing, you know. Yes, that's what some of it sounds like. I didn't get to screenshot Noel's derpy face. <laughs> we had a little freeze up from Noel, but that's oh, yeah, okay. It says my it, internet connection's unstable. How about that? It was just this uh, oh, this whole genre of music that I kind of missed, even though I was working at Hot Topic at the time, of these like melodic... Um, I, quite frankly, a bunch of singers who were too good to be in punk bands seemed to seem to be a lot of it. Uh, I, I don't know, but it's the, the whole thing that I kind of missed. But this song is amazing. Bob, I want to hear from you. Have you have you heard this? I've heard that entire like like soundtrack. And I, I feel like a lot of those covers are better than the actual songs in the movie, to be honest with you. Well, if I, I, just, I love I love that is a bold statement, sir. Well, OK, here here's where I agree with you. The, the songs in the movie are, are Danny Elfman at his finest, weirdest, most seasonally Christmassy wonderful, but they're wonderful in the context of the film. If you're sitting there watching the movie, like I've got the soundtrack and I listen to the soundtrack, but if you are just putting in like an album, I would say I would rather listen to these covers than the original versions of the songs because if i'm going to listen to the orig original versions of the songs i want to just watch the movie so these are these are almost like tributes rather than covers i don't, I don't know quite how to explain it but i agree that if you're just listening to the music i i really like these as, as popping up in the car they're a good like it's a good like pick up and play album as opposed to like like you said, it's it's like if you're going to listen to the soundtrack, you just want the movie. This is better like pick up and play type thing. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And this song in particular, like I said, because it's from a band that I, I, I just don't really have any experience with, but it blew me away the first time I heard it. Matter of fact, the first time I heard it, I didn't know who was playing it. And I had to look it up immediately because it, it was so... There's just so much to it. It's it's an awesome song, and it's you're not ready for it to end when it ends because what's this is a short song. It's it's most of these songs are very short because they're taking place in the you know within the context of the movie, uh, and most of the artists don't embellish them too much. Uh, I think the one exception to that is uh, oh gosh, I can't remember who does it. The um, Lock, Shock, and Barrel song. Oh, I forget gosh. who does that. Uh, mm, I want to fucking tear you apart. That band, they, I, who knows if they're even around anymore. But anyway, that one goes on a little long. But most of these are pretty brief snippets. And this song, when it's done, you're like, "No, I want more. Sing me more, Fallout Boy." But they don't. Said no one ever. <laughs> well, right, right. That's what I would have said. <laughs> All right, so yeah, everybody go listen to this song. And I, I I am almost willing to guarantee 
whoever you are, you'll, you'll be impressed and you'll like this and you'll be like, wow, I didn't know those guys could do that. That's really good. All right, you guys, it's time to bring it home. And since we want to keep our playlists positive, rather than doing what we do with our uh, throwback shows and, and doing a speed round of things we don't like or just coming back around, we're just going to do a speed round of selections that maybe we didn't have as much to say about or things that we just wanted to throw out there and make sure got added onto the playlist. Uh, so let's go back. Jingle Bob, give us a speed round selection. I got one here. I got to kind of flex my Jersey Shore muscle a little bit. Please do. I you better be good for goodness sake. You better be good for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not try. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus coming in town. Santa Claus coming in town. Santa Claus is coming to I got to throw out Bruce Springsteen with uh, his cover of Santa Claus is coming to town. Uh, yes, a, it's a you can tell they're having fun playing that on stage. It's very upbeat. It's a great cover of a classic song. It's one I honestly look forward to hearing every year. And again, you know, as a as a Jersey Shore guy, I live um, maybe a half hour from Asbury Park, New Jersey, which is where he's from, where he still lives. And um, at, around here, it's like, you know, it's all about Bruce and Bon Jovi here and. I'm not about to start spouting any Bon Jovi Christmas songs, so we're going to go with Does Bruce. Bon Jovi have Christmas songs? God, oh, yeah. I hope not. Yeah, yeah. They, well, they, they do a cover of Please do. I'm Home for Christmas. I promise you they do, because I hear yeah. that, and I hear the Bruce Springsteen song at least once a day at work. <laughs> Sorry, Ben. I, I, uh, I have a tremendous amount of respect for the boss. I've, I've never been necessarily partial to him, but you you got to admire the guy's accomplishments and what he's done over the years he's one of the legendary american songwriters but that santa claus is coming to town is essential listening every single year especially that that one live performance of it uh that i think is the one that gets played most often that's pretty much the only one that gets played for the okay, most part okay. i think i don't i don't think he ever really recorded it. i think i think it was just that live version Oh wow! Okay, yeah, I don't think I he's think ever I've done like ever a legit live, like, like studio recording of it. I think it's just that. Well, it's it's fantastic. It's a great version of the song, and there are a lot of great. We could have done a whole episode of just versions of Santa Claus is coming to town, uh, but that that one is. I think honestly, if you ask most people if they had to pick one, that would probably be the one. It sounds like it's the most fun. Yes. Yeah, they're clearly having fun. Absolutely, yeah, you can tell. Uh, all right, Beth, quick pick. I'm going super weird with this one, and good luck finding the audio for... On the first day of Christmas, do to me? Hi, my name is Brack. On the second day of Christmas, my true love came to me? Two plus eight is ten. Hi, my name is Brack. On the third day of Christmas, my true love came to me? Twelve Days of Christmas from Cartoon Planet, or no, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I'm sorry, it was a very early episode of Space Ghost Coast to Coast, featuring the Council of Doom counting down with all of the various villains of Space Ghost, 
as in Black Widow wants a Leonard Nimoy sings, Tanzit wants four quesadillas, the most memorable of which of all of this is the first day of Christmas is, hi, my name is Brack. <laughs> and the reason it's great is because you get to hear Andy Merrill scream that 12 times. Well, you, don't, <laughs> you don't really because Space Ghost cuts him off because he thinks it's terrible, but I am a huge fan of Space Ghost. I am a huge fan of the Brack show. I can't not mention this. Well, you've you've given me a quest, and I <laughs> I will accomplish it. You can find it, it on YouTube. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say I'm sure it's on YouTube because I've yeah, seen a lot of those be. old Space Ghost clips on YouTube. Uh, all right, Noel, what is your Christmas quick pick? Man, I'm trying to decide which one I want to keep for next year when we reconvene to do this again because that's yeah, got to right? happen. Um, but I think what I'm going to do for my last one here is a quickie. This is actually one that could have been on our last show we all did together uh for halloween because it's it's a little bit spooky and it goes all the way back to 1953 when it was first recorded by satchmo himself louis armstrong that you santa claus gives i'm preparing for some christmas sharing but i pause because hang in my stocking i can hear knocking is that you Santa Claus Shoe is dark out Ain't the slightest spark out Upon my clacking jaw Who's there? Who is it? Uh, stopping for a visit? Is that you, Santa Claus? Um, I think the first time I ever heard this song was when Buster Poindexter recorded it back yes. in the in the 80s but the original version is just one that I have to hear every time and of course it's scary it's it's a, it's a song about like you know things that are bumping in the night and it's you know he's he's creeping across the room is that santa claus or is that someone coming to kill me it's in my prowler right yeah yeah um, yeah super fun and strangely enough there's like no information on this song anywhere on the internet um it, as a matter of fact if you look at like on the wikipedia page for louis armstrong the entire list of the songs he's recorded and there's like 500 it doesn't even mention it like it's like i feel like i i lived with this song and the rest of the world has never heard of it Do you think uh, it was maybe like like not like an official release from him just kind of like maybe him playing around or something and it somehow got out who knows but uh, uh whatever it is i'm glad that it exists is it on is it accredited to buster poindexter anywhere uh, I mean, yeah. we know he recorded it. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't give any background, like because usually it'll it'll say Buster Poindexter and his Banshees or whatever it was, and then s recorded this version of this. Yeah, that's all, and that's all it really mentions is that it was a you know it, it was a cover of a song originally recorded by Louis Armstrong. Very but... interesting. Wow, Come visit mystery. me at work, and you can hear it. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, I can hear yeah. it anytime I want to. That's true, as with most of these. It doesn't <laughs> it's, take it's much. It's so bad that uh, the speaker in my ceiling, in my office, I climbed up into the ceiling and cut the wires to it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that is how much I don't want to hear that. Christmas music. I'm, I'm starting to question your presence here. <laughs> <laughs> you need more joy. Solid, I had some solid, happy pits. You did. You really did. You absolutely did. This has been fantastic. And uh, I'm going to wrap heart. it all up. 
Oh, go ahead. Grew three sizes today. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to wrap it all up. I I had a choice to make. There's something uh, very sincere and sweet uh, that I'm a big fan of, but I'm going to save it for next year uh, and go with something else that is more of a standard, but one that I have to listen to every year. One of my favorite Christmas songs of all time. Have a holly jolly Christmas. It's the best time of the year I don't know if there'll be snow But have a cup of cheer Have a holly jolly Christmas And when you walk down the street Say hello to friends you know And everyone you meet Uh, And that is Burl Ives' Holly Jolly Christmas It's just a perfect Christmas song I have to go now Happy. Oh come (laughs) on, it's from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer um it's it's just a a wonderful it's a holly jolly song you can't now granted if you hear it a dozen times a day maybe you don't love it that much but uh i i love it i could hear it a dozen times a day and i'd be fine with that Once i want to go work too much. i want to go work in that christmas tree store but but only in december august too much it's brutal man i'm telling you it's brutal yeah yeah, I, I couldn't deal that early. Like our uh, one of our favorite podcasts, the Purple Stuff Podcast, uh, starts their Christmas coverage in like November now. Yeah, I think. it starts it starts pretty early, and and that's that's even for me. That's a little soon. It's a little much. I have to save their episodes. Well, no, knowing both of those guys, um, they're both big Christmas fans, especially Jay from Sled Central, huge Christmas guy. So it's like he's talking Christmas sometimes before Halloween. Even I'm like, dude, like we. <laughs> Can, can we do Halloween first and then, <laughs> and then can, we, can we give it a minute? <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for putting together the first annual needless things. Christmas playlist. Noel, where can we find you online? What are you up to? Uh, you can find me at dorkdroppings.com. Uh, 23 years of content. Uh, my site is older than Google, as I like to say, although it doesn't get updated nearly as often as Google does. Um, <laughs> and it's not find- as invasive. That's true. You can also find me uh, alongside uh, this fellow named Dave um, and uh, another fellow named Christian on the Audible Interlude podcast released at least once a month here on the Needless Things Network talking all about G.I. Joe. A brand new episode with a Christmas theme went up on Monday, so be sure and check that out in this very same feed. Uh, Beth, what are you up to? Where can we find you? Well, eventually, you'll want... Someday, Chad will figure it out, and we'll be on Needless Things Podcast. But for now, you can just search for Execute Chapter 66, which is a Star Wars fiction podcast where we discuss all kinds of books, comics, legends, canon, what have you. Basically, all of the extracurricular Star Wars that you didn't know you needed. If you can't be bothered to watch cartoons, movies, or TV shows, we've got you. (laughs) <laughs> or and if you finally, watch all those things and you still need more we've got you yeah if you watch those things and you don't quite understand them and you need insight and background execute chapter 66 is the podcast for you finally glowmania world champion jingle bob burke what are you up to where can we find you online you can find me on instagram and facebook at bob burke art um glowmania is on a little bit of a personal hiatus right now taking taking a winter break I will happily be back out in the spring with a lot of new stuff I've been working on. Um, Working on a personal project right now that I'll announce here. I'm building my own 
life-size Han Solo and Carbonite. Very Whoa, excited man. to get started on that. I saw that post the other day, and I was like, what is he doing? Yeah, I, I bought uh, the kit for it. I'm going to be building that. That's going to be like my big winter project uh, for myself. Um, then once I finish that up in probably probably a month or two, I'll get started back on a glow in the dark art and get back out there as the glow champ that I am. Once you finish that up, you need to do a glow in the dark on solo and carbonite. Don't just don't, don't even, I, I thought about it. Don't, just don't. <laughs> you guys, Maybe, I, like I thought if I could make this thing glow in the dark, but I want to keep it as traditional. Yeah. As yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. If, if, if th this would be down the road, it would have to be a variant for your own collection, but but yeah, if you're doing it, you, you got to do the legit one first. I, I'm very excited. Well, you guys, thank you so much for celebrating a little bit of Christmas here on Needless Things. And uh, we'll be talking to all of you again sooner than later. Wow. So I don't know what happened exactly. I, I have been, as I told you guys, I've been experimenting with new or not experimenting with, I've been utilizing new methods of recording and, and everything, new computer, new version of uh, Audacity. I've got a new webcam that I've been using because we are going to be doing stuff with video. And the intro, if you noticed, sounded pretty wonky. It sounded like I just stuck a microphone on the desk and, and was using that instead of my normal headset. And apparently that's exactly what happened because unbeknownst to me the webcam i bought has a microphone on it and somehow that got turned into the default uh recording device and even though i always because i've learned i have to check to make sure the headset is set up so even though i had my trusty turtle beach headset as the recording device in audacity for some reason it used the audio from the webcam uh so the intro sounded weird it, it wasn't bad and i'm actually quite impressed with the quality of the audio from the webcam but uh yeah that's what happened there and i'm not doing another intro so uh, there you go there's a weird little thing that happened with the needless things podcast i'm just gonna keep trucking uh hope that you guys go check out the needless things youtube channel hope that you share this episode or any episode with your friends and tell somebody about the needless things podcast and the cool holiday stuff that we're doing and the stuff we do all year round thanks for listening i love you guys you have been listening to a Needless Things podcast. You can follow Needless Things on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and at needlessthingspodcast.com. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.